Ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, and, uh, you know, even if you identify as the uh, serving spoon in the pudding at the end of the Sizzler Buffet, welcome. <laughs> we're glad to have you. Uh, it's a new night. It's a Thursday night. And tonight we're going to be doing a call-in show here on Thursday, Thursday. So, without further ado, I'd like to introduce our panelists this evening. We've got uh, good old Ray Ito, the green doc, here with us. Secondarily, but not second, right? We've got... Mr. Lush Lawns down there. Gentlemen, how in the hell are you? And I brought Matt with me as well. <laughs> he may be being held hostage, and this might be proof of life, but I think we can get him back. Now, uh, do, we, do we still have the Matt with the, uh, the, the, the sad Matt frog? Uh, is that not on oh. your hard drive anymore? With the uh, fork? I've got it somewhere, but I don't have it. In the Wait, to press the button. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. I got. I got it somewhere. <laughs> I can close my eyes and think about it. Matt, we love you. I know the Matt's out there, still grinding away. For those of you that miss him, we miss him too. We talked to him a little bit here and there. He's 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 getting along. He's trying to get his stuff done here so he can enjoy the holidays with his family and be back for us. Uh, I think you're in the very near future. Uh, so you know, just like uh, any uh, marriage or good relationship, you know, hey, we're here to pick each other up. The good times, the bad times, and the times where you got to grind your dick into the ground for 110 hours a week because uh, you're running your own company and you don't want to go back and work a nine-to-five because you're completely unemployable, just like the rest of us motherfuckers. <laughs> all right, now. I'm, I'm lucky that, I got a union job. All that being said, uh, it's a call-in show tonight. Uh, I know we have a few callers. I had a couple of uh, dirty deeters, uh, some patrons that reached out to me today with some questions. And we had uh, some quick chats, uh, as much time as I could give uh, in between a whole shit pile of meetings. And I hope that they call in. So I know Michael Brantley has a, has a couple of questions that would be a great topic for us to dive into. And then uh, there, there's talk that maybe even Joe the Lawn Warrior could call in. So Joe, before you fall asleep, um, you know, we want you, to, we want you to call in here. You know, don't leave that cigarette burning while you're in bed. You know, take a big old rip of that, ash it out, and let's talk. Uh, we don't want to see anything bad happen to you. There's a whole bunch of people in this room that love you. We want to see you grow grass, man. We're, we're excited about it. <laughs> so, all that being said, I think we have it advertised as lightning rounds. We'll do some lightning round. We'll mix it up a little bit because uh, I know there's some longer-winded questions. But, uh, gentlemen, what did uh, you get done out there this week? Anything, anything exciting? Lushy, it's lime season for you. You're shoveling more white stuff than a Colombian Coke dealer right now. Oh, dude, I am like oh. Pablo Escobar out there, hustling and bustling, sending it, flying it. Uh oh, caller, turn down your call, turn it down. Turn it down, caller. Turn it down. Loud as shit. Hello. What's going on? Hello. Yes, I'm out. I'm out here in my neighbor's yard, spraying some Roundup while they out Good. there sleeping. Yep. And I'm trying to get that domination line going real good. 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 Hey, shout out to my boy Ron Henry. You know Ron Henry? Oh, we know Ron. <laughs> Ron knows us. Um, yeah, you know, my we boy worship, Ron, he's the man. We worship at different churches. Oh, yeah? I bet he could beat you up in karate. He did. Uh you know, have you ever seen a uh, overweight, balding Ralph Macchio lookalike from Karate Kid, like forty years after the fact? Can right he here, so. 
Can I flex for you? Will you give uh, us I can. Yeah, give us, give us a flex. Oh, no, I'm going to wiggle my tits real quick. Here you go. There. All right, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. You know, the, the, the motto of the show, and I think we've talked about it before, is more nipples, less pasties. However, YouTube uh, and their and their folks won't let us do that, so it's uh, it's uh, it's bad. But we try to make the best of it that we can. Now, Ray, what's going on? Mm-hmm. In Hawaii? What did you what did you get done this week? Anything of substance on the launch? Ah, nothing really. I'm just kind of uh, humming along, and uh, I looked at a number of the, my lawns and the. STFU that I put down last month is still working. <laughs> well, I'll so tell you what, what? Ray. That, it's that, that's a, a high, highly expensive but highly effective application. Oh yeah, I mean it. Uh, you know, grass is green, not growing much, and uh, everyone is pretty much happy. Most of all, me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like it. Is this like, something you're going to imp- implement maybe a little more during the regular season? or No, that, that is something, Lushy, that is standard operating procedure for me. Well, yeah, you're usually running a growth regular. Yeah. You know, if I, if I do maintenance on the turf, uh, it's regulated. And uh, I even f- went in the foray of growth regulating shrubs. And right now I'm Ooh. doing a combination of Cutlass G applied to the soil and Atromic applied as a foliar spray. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, I mean, you got to be willing to do stuff like that. Uh, and I don't know, I think there are times... And we get caught up in this too in the in the lawn care space, right? Like we think that, uh, especially people that are other full service, they look at PGRs as the enemy. And no, well, okay, hardly. Let me ask that. Hardly. I agree. I agree for you because you got your shit together. But <laughs> pretend that you're talking to somebody that doesn't know. All right, here I want to I want to see. This is uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a sales off right now. It's like those uh, two dipshits from Canada that we watched on the after show a few weeks back. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. I want to hear if I, let's say I didn't know anything about PGRs and I was running a full service lawn care business. So I sprayed, birded, mowed, all that stuff. Um, how would you guys individually, I want you to each take a crack at this, sell me on what are PGRs and why should I use them? PGRs, to me, are the way to improve plant appearance and doing so without increasing my labor costs because without a PGR, imagine trimming the same effing shrub every single week, 12 months out of the year. Imagine having to do that, Ryan. Yeah. I mean, that's my, that's my life without PGRs. <laughs> and... I guess I would – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in. I'll let you that one, <laughs> yeah. but I would say uh, for a lawn care operator, uh, I was talking to Jay Bart about that today. I had an old-timer tell me that he ran uh, – he used T-Nex, whatever. That was his choice. 
He kept it regulated. He sprayed everything. And he said, hey, I did it to save. He goes, the lawns look great. But what I did do, because I was cutting, and instead of having to empty anywhere from, you know, six to eight uh, hoppers into the barrel, I was getting one hopper full of grass, maybe a half. And he's like, but the lawn was looking great. But I was just enough to cut it. You could see that I cut it. It looked good. And the customer was happy. So he's like, I had a reduced amount of labor, just like Ray was saying, with having to get off the machine, empty my hopper, empty it into the barrel or into the back of the truck. Uh, and then my disposal mm-hmm. fee, he says, I could go all week and only empty the truck once versus having to go mm-hmm. and pay a disposal fee every uh, every day. Yep. So that's why he was I doing mean, it. Lushy, I can, uh, you know, corroborate with that because... Go ahead, cowboy. Uh-oh. Caller, you're live. Is Hello? Hi. Hello. Hey, I, I was looking for some time. Well, all right. Okay. They were looking, right. moving they were on. looking for the... They were actually looking for... Wait, let me see if it's the same person. Is Hello? Justin? Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Hi, uh-huh. we've been trying to reach you uh-huh. about your car's extended warranty. Congratulations, <laughs> you've just won a trip to Bermuda. You know, the gerbils and the paper towel rolls are bigger in Bermuda. Just remember that. This is true. Metric system, you know? What are you, you going to do? Yeah. Uh, you know? Yeah. 20, find out how 25. many millimeters you can accommodate. 25.4 millimeter per inch, Ryan. <laughs> old old Lemmy Winks. Old, old Lemmy Winks is excited. All right. Uh, yeah. Is that is that is this person still on, Jay Pink, or did we hang up? Uh, they hung up. Yeah, I don't. Oh, uh, okay. All right. I don't, I don't know if they. Bet. I don't know if they didn't charge their phone or they if they like me ran into some cellular hole. The problem is, is that. They don't have 5G. Everybody knows you need 5G, even if you wear a tinfoil hat. So, uh, let's see here. Yeah. Uh, so, like here, there we go. Fix that. All right. So, on the on the PGR front, I think that is something that's undersold, and there's so many people that struggle through. Uh, spring and fall, especially, and even sometimes the summer, right? In certain areas, right? So we're we have uh, you know we've looked at those growth potential models, right? For areas like in Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, where you know their peak growth time is not bimodal, where it is you know spring and fall, like uh, here in the lower Midwest, most in the Northeast, things like that. It's actually you know peaking all summer long, Go ahead, you know, from cowboy. early to mid June on. So we got Somebody a call in here. Yep. Oh, yeah. oh, you're live. I don't know if we can hear them. What's up, guys? How's it going? Joe? Hey, how me? are you? Joe. We can hear you. Are you live? Are you here? I'm live. You good? I'm here. This isn't Memorex. Can you hear me? <laughs> oh, my God. Joe, what yes. have what, you done? Uh, Joe's, what's going on here? Not much. Um, contemplating putting seed down. Uh, we just got a pool renovation done, and um, 
they had to dig up the yard a little bit. And um, it happens. I yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't a it wasn't a brand new pool. It was concrete liner that kind of thing. But um, so I'm contemplating putting maybe some seed down just to like the kids they they're outside all the time and just to like keep the dirt. It's a big dirt pile in one spot and um, just to. Keep, you know, with we have you know wet winters up here, snow, rain, and um, rather than it being all muddy, I was contemplating putting down maybe some sort of seed now. But I mean, we're late in the season, and I messaged uh, Demay earlier today about the the row um, row blankets. Never used them before. Don't know if it's worth just waiting until the springtime or or what. Joe. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to give you two words that are going to change your life, right? And it's not yard mastery because that's already changed your life. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> ouch. How about oh, fescue sod? Because you got fescue, right? Oh, you got turf type Paul fescue in the lawn, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, hey, you take a nice leisurely drive over there. Do you see your boys at Tuckahoe? You get yourself some TTTF. Sod, I'd be on that all day long. It's simple, it's fast. Just rent a it's sod easy. cutter, cut out, cut it out nice and clean and neat, and that's a hundred percent. You don't even need to do that. That's that's small enough. You could just use like an edging shovel or something like that. Kick out the sides, bust down. Do you have like a tiller or a sunjo or something like that? Something you can beat the shit out of this dirt with? Yeah, I, I have a sunjo dethatcher. I could beat it up, but there you go. I like it. Get the I'm big heavy that, extension cord and then get after it. Here's the kicker, yeah. Joe, is you said the magic word and given all the other uh, controllable and uncontrollable factors, right, with the time of year and where it's at and everything like that, the magic word you used was kids. And listen, yeah. you could use the row crop covers here and be successful, but if you're out there and people are traipsing all over it, through it, around it, whatever, right, I think it's going to be unsuccessful in that sense. The other part is, you know, there is no doubt about that the kids will go out there at some point. They will get muddy. They will come in the house. And let's be honest, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. <laughs> so save yourself 100%. the trouble. Life's short. Sod that bitch. That's the same That's advice right, I just gave to a buddy who is doing a construction job. He's... Uh, doing a whole new patio install and he's like what should i do should i seed it what should I? i'm like sod it like just lay the sod out it'll be fine through the winter it'll be um, i've laid sod out on frozen ground for to do a it was a working for a company we laid out sod and the ground was frozen like a brick and it was for a bank mm-hmm. and they needed to have grass down so yeah, I would just definitely it, would sod it, that. And, yep. and it, it, you can let sod just sit like that over the wintertime, and it's not. Oh you know, yeah, it'll, it'll root, root in. in the springtime. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll, it'll just stay over the wintertime. It'll, it'll, it'll root over the winter. No yeah, it'll just stay there. It'll just stay there, and uh, when it might comes be around, a little delayed. Mm-hmm. It might be a little no, delayed it, in the spring. In his area, in his area, uh-huh. it's gonna it's gonna be tacked and running, but not. Not it'll be fine. I, I would definitely do sod. The Roll thing, it right the over. The only thing you gotta be yep. careful of, you gotta be careful, of Joe. So, oh, bye, Joe. He's out. No, Joe bye is Joe. still here. Joe is still here. Oh, all these Just noises sound effects. Using. No, I, I, someone God, keeps you? hammering the line and not <laughs> letting Justin? us talk to Joe. 
and mm-hmm. oh, they're not okay. being respectful. Oh well, okay. Don't stop me, but Joe. Joe, I, I think the the soil prep thing you need to take into account here. Just rough that soil up and kind of grade it out. You know, with a rake, you just loosen it up as much as you can. Hell, even go down to Home Depot or uh, your local big box. Even the hardware store should have like one of those mantis tillers that you can rent. Might be forty bucks mm-hmm. for the day. Perfect for this, right? Get yourself an edging shovel, yes. something with a straight edge. Edge that in so that you have something nice and straight and squared up to lay the sod on. Uh, and I just go to town. I'd, I'd pick up everything that you can as far as um, you know square footage that you need to get covered up. You know, don't be like, well, I'm going to see this little part over here. It's not like, don't skimp. Just do it. Mm-mm. I mean, no. just uh, honestly, sod- if it comes down to it, just cut in and put two more feet in or 18 inches, whatever it is, yep. just cut it out and put the sod yep. in. Don't, put it out. Like Ryan said. Hey, don't Joe, listen. And- go ahead, Ryan. Yeah. And, you know, when you guys say edging shovel, do you know what I actually use for a job like this where I need to patch into existing turf? Lay I actually break out my stick edger and set the blade yeah. as deep as it'll go and just cut my line, lift mm-hmm. out all the all the bad areas, you know, inside of that line, throw that away, put the sod inside of that squared off area, and no one's the wiser, everyone's happy. And Joe, no peat moss. No, no peat moss. No. And no I'm pe- going to sell you on the number one reason why you'll do it. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I told you the, the real reasons, the facts on why you should do this. Now I'm going to motivate you, right? This is the coach speech. Are you ready for it? <laughs> Are you ready for it? Are you dead? Are you alive? I think, I think... I think he has uh, disconnected, but then lay it on him nonetheless, Ryan. I will lay it on you nonetheless. You can watch this on the replay. But, Joe, this will be great fucking A-plus content. Ain't nobody doing no sod TikToks right now. Go get it, son. Go get it. There you go. Hopefully that was inspiring. Right? Anyway, Joe's busting out of the locker room right now. He's probably prepping that shit as we speak. That's why he hung up. There he is. All right. Uh, callers, if you want to call back in, uh, what are we at? Uh, 304-804-7277, 304-804-7277, or 304-80-088-GRASS, oh, 8-GRASS, or 304-8-E-ASS, right? I think so. I don't yeah. know. Call the number that's on the screen. A bunch of you guys are trying to hammer us. Maybe it was one person. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Sorry. Give us a call. Sorry. Let's cheer chatter, and let's see, uh, let's see what we can come up with here. Um. Yeah, I think you know what I see people like this all the time that struggle with the should we sod it, should we seed it, and everything like that. I mean, a job like that, just in terms of materials, gentlemen. You know, I don't know what the minimum is going to be to go to the sod farm and pick that up for him, uh, with a as a retail customer necessarily. You know, versus a pro or something like that. But it can't be more material cost than I'll say fifty cents a square foot. Yeah, you know, and yeah. again, the, the it can't hassle be that bad, of, right? It's not five dollars a square foot, like rough. And you got kids. And no, it's not like Ray at all. It's <laughs> no, no. I mean, this is uh, because what is it? Sod is like uh, at worst, if you get something exotic, like about a dollar something a square foot at worst, Ryan. I mean, that would be like sand based. Low cut, bent, like you'd be bent. Yeah, yeah be exactly. I mean, 
Yeah, but then for normal, but for normal like a KBG sod, that would be like fifty seventy five cents a foot, maybe. Yeah, I mean, when you're talking exotic stuff like that, that's you know, nowadays when you call into the escort service and you say, "Oh, oh, you want that?" Uh, we're gonna have to <laughs> send away for that. There's some supply chain issues. We're gonna have to give me a couple days lead time with that. Let's see who this is. Go ahead, cowboy. Hey there. Hello, Hi do there. you want to be my friend? Oh. Somebody's having a Thanks good time. Thanks for taking my call. I, like I called in a couple of times last week. You did. I remember you. What's going on? Hello. Hey, guys. Thanks. We're listening, sir. Thanks for taking my call. Alright, so I got a question. I, I sent I sent my soil test into the Grass Factor Live. Would you be able to pull it up and take a quick look at it? Oh, we have that JP. Yeah, uh caller, can you, you gotta turn, turn your speaker? radio down? Yes. <laughs> I, or no. I don't see your soil test in the email. Okay. Hold on. So, here's yeah, some of the it over to us. I, I, I do have another off. question. Anyway, Ray, I'm building, I'm building, prepping my soil for next year. So I'm trying to add uh, organic matter, right? So I've been using this uh, chicken feed poultry from um, from one of the um, feed stores, and I noticed that mm-hmm. it's got a lot of calcium in it. And looking at my soil results, my calcium's real high. Can you um, mm-hmm. suggest something else to use? As something here's what, here's that what I would can, tell you, you know, keep what I would tell you to do. Soil. Put in nothing. Put in nothing. No? Because, okay. Yeah, because grass does not require that you put a lot of organic matter into the soil because let me let you in on something. The moment you start growing grass and the grass is adequately supplied with nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, micronutrients, water, and sunlight... Right. That grass will create and make all the organic matter it could possibly want. Okay. We crazy humans need not add any. I mean, please do not believe the people on YouTube and Facebook. Yeah, and that's where I got it from. I know. That, that, that's what I learned. That's, and that's, and I've been that, watching you, Matt from day one. So. Okay, but then I'm just saying that you do not need to do that to grow grass. All you need to do is make sure that the grass has enough of the foundational building blocks that it needs to actually grow uh, organic matter. The grass handles all on its own. And in fact, if you don't add the organic matter, the grass might well be easier to manage and deal with versus the, if you did add it. Food for okay. thought. Okay. You're thinking so, you're basically along the uh, root cycling effect. Yeah, right. exactly. Okay. Right? Actually, about, okay. I mean, yeah. The okay. I was just, I, I was just, you know, learning that from YouTube, following, you know, from <laughs> some of the misleading characters. But uh, yeah, <laughs> adding it with the humic acid. So, all right. I'm glad that I called in and, and asked that question because that's a big help, do a actually. Li- do a, do a little deep dive on Matt's channel on the Grass Factor, and he has a uh, video he talked about the root cycling effect. It's a okay. few years mm-hmm. back, but it, it yeah, is it's it's there. Yeah, to start with, for sure. It, it's there, and, uh, you know, if you can, uh, watch or listen to some of our previous shows where Matt, Ryan, and I talk a lot about how 
grass that is growing well will grow well regardless of how much organic matter a person adds as a supplement topically or into the soil. I mean, grass just does not need it. Okay? Right. It just doesn't need it because right. grass is normally a, a perennial crop. And the time that I would consider adding something like organic matter is if I'm working on an annual vegetable garden or an annual flower bed where at the end of the season it's all gone and I got to start over every single year. But then with the lawn, you're not starting the lawn over every single year. It's going to be there right. for as long as you own that house, right? So yep. I don't Makes think sense. we need to add it. I mean, I think we can just keep it simple, keep it easy, and do the things that have, you know, scientific proof and data to back it. And by the way, there is no good data that states that having high organic matter in soil enables you to grow better grass than paying attention to the basic nutrients. Right. Can I ask okay. a Makes sense. question? Oh, and I, I do. I got, I got some caller. great Tahoma growing 31, and I'm in the transition oh zone. And I, I've been doing this for 20 years, right, with fescue. And I've always been looking over at my neighbor's uh, lawn that had zoysia grass. And I said, you know, and I got sun all day in my yard. And I said, you know what, i got to take this chance. And I'm so glad I did because... It, 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 I got to send you guys pictures of it. It's absolutely beautiful. I didn't even realize what I was actually buying because at the home at thirty one, it's actually it, to me, it's a special uh, hybrid. It really is. Well, Tahoma thirty one is good grass, and Tahoma thirty one is an example of a grass where you don't want to add organic matter. In fact, with Tahoma thirty one. Your question or your issue becomes, how do you manage and control all of the organic matter that that grass is going to create on its own? Because okay. that is the nature of growing Bermuda grass, is Bermuda grass has the potential to create so much organic matter that it actually becomes counterproductive and harmful to the growth of the grass. So be careful. Okay. Uh, you know, the the way you can manage that of course is be mindful of your fertilization and also yep. be mindful of your mowing. Because essentially Toma thirty one is more like a sports field and golf fairway and golf tee type grass. That's what you're getting into. I mean, it's a very beautiful grass but you got to treat it right i mean that's the that's the bottom line and uh if you treat it right uh you will have that sports field look for sure <laughs> mm -hmm. right right yep i i did all i followed all the cultural practices i didn't give it too much nitrogen i actually not to take up too much of your time because i know you have a limited amount of time but I actually contacted, his name is Dr. Dennis Martin at Oklahoma State University. He was yep. part of the team that was a creator of that grass, and he's been coaching me through emails and all 
on what to do and what not to do. Because uh, mm-hmm. I'm such a, a a nerd with this stuff. It's like, um, so, but, Love it. yeah. I'm glad I called in, though, about this. Because I actually just I, picked I, I up a know bag of feed. I want to know why he wants to raise his organic matter. Say this again. What? Why, why do you want to raise your organic matter? Because everything that I read in on online, it and and it comes from all these like, um, I, some of them are universities. They all talk about organic matter, and <laughs> and, and that yeah. and that's the, the building block of good soil and everything. So, and you but know what? Are you having are you having any issues like that? Oh, no, that's no, no kind issues. Of a, about, I, I just, so, uh, you know, I, I can't leave well enough alone. I'm one of those guys. Okay. Yep. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, no, fair numbers. because a lot of these so-called university people that talk about organic matter and turf grass, mm-hmm. I'm going to bet a ribeye steak at least that uh-huh. none of those people that talk about organic matter and turf grass have ever been in a position where they were responsible for maintaining high expectation turf grass right they've never had to maintain sports field they've never had to maintain a golf tee or a golf fairway they've never had to maintain a lawn around a gated estate for example they've never had to do any of that right so it's easy for them to talk about throw in a lot of organic matter and you know, whatever happens, happens. Whereas for me, I'm more cautious about organic matter because excessive organic matter in soil becomes a wild card and a factor that I may have difficulty controlling and managing the results from. Organic right. I becomes... did read that also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's where you... And, and by the way... On a golf course, do you know why those guys core aerate the greens, take away the cores, and then put sand back into those holes that they left? The reason why they're doing it is because they are trying to reduce the amount of organic matter organic that is matter, up in, okay. that golf green, in that golf green. So right, right there. <laughs> right, look at that. You know? Look at that. <laughs> Yeah, you should, uh, okay. listen, you guys are the best thing on, on YouTube. I trust you guys for a long time, Matt, and all. You are straight up, and uh, more people should be watching instead of calling in, acting like a goof. <laughs> <laughs> they got nothing better to do. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I want to thank you. And Malino, maybe I can uh, call back uh, next week, and uh, they have, you should have my soil test. I'd like you to take a look at it, because I did like four of them this summer. <laughs> so, so send uh, 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 seriously. I'd be interested in taking a look at that uh, if you can, uh, just to make sure J Pink gets it. Can you send it to mail at thegrassfactor.tv? And uh, if, we, if we get it here in the next little bit, we'll take a look at it and uh, we'll dive into it on Aaron Hill. If it's got you know identifying information, he'll blank all right. that out. So don't worry about having to do that. And uh, we promise we won't dox you. So. But seriously, thanks all for right. calling in, and uh, I'm I'm all about Tahoma. So, especially in the transition zone, it's uh, it's a fun grass to grow, oh, yeah. and uh, very forgiving. Very, uh, I would say, not easy, but simple to grow. Very simple to grow. So, hats off yep. to you for trying and, and taking the taking the leap, and uh, I look forward to seeing 
the the results here real soon. Yep, yep. I would definitely send you some pictures so you can take a look. It's amazing. So, all right, guys. Thank you for your time and for your help. All right. Thank you. Thank Bye you. Now. And good e- good Bye. evening to you. <laughs> How about that? The home. I wanted to ask way. him where he was or where he was from, but I'm afraid he was on witness relocation. <laughs> he sounds. He sounds he's, like he's from your part. He of did the not sound like he grew up in the transition zone. <laughs> Go ahead, cowboy. <laughs> Jay Bart here, man. Um, oh, oh this Jay, what's up? God. God bless you a while today. Oh, what's up? Man? I, right. I haven't heard I haven't heard your voice in a couple hours. <laughs> yep. All right, so yeah, on today's episode of Survivor, man, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> um. Chemical castration of grass. Um, Chemical Al Ray knows all about that. So, <laughs> so a few things here. So I got the got the old steel green um, set up. JP, please turn that timer off, man. I asked for one thing. Um, <laughs> I I got the steel green set up for a uh, half a gallon per thousand. Uh, like Leslie said, I'm planning on running Quinn Correct Tenacity Spencer Stone, um, or Quinclorac and Tenacity wants to know if I should throw a little bit of sulfenser stone in there and then uh, if I should throw a little bit of prodiamine in there. Wait, all right. Start. No. What, what did we plant here? I'm, I'm sorry. I missed it for a second. Time's I had a hiccup. Over. Don't, yeah, don't worry about uh, that. Oh, shit. Newly, newly <laughs> seated. If, he, if he's no, not gone, put him, turn, put him, call, I'm, I'm calling call him back. back. I just call had back. to give him a call hard back. time. Uh, <laughs> seated five or six weeks ago, Ryan. Ask you, I believe. Uh, oh, five. Yeah, five six weeks ago. Yeah. Are you seeing what what kind of weeds are you seeing that are emerging? God dang it, Jay! Why'd you do that, man? <laughs> um, all right, so uh, Jay Pink got me, y'all. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so this uh, most of my yards were uh, seeded uh, five to seven weeks ago. Um, Mm, the majority of them have had their first cut within the past two weeks. This guy has had his cut uh, last week or has just one cut on it like a few days ago. Um, but they're all kind of getting applications because i got to get some fertilizer out on everything again or because uh, soil temperatures are still at 65 degrees, so... Um, figured I'd go ahead and throw a little bit more out there, just keep it going, because I'm not cutting the grass. Um, so, uh, Lushy and I spoke. Uh, we're going to throw out Crinclorac and Tenacity. But I did see um, Nutsedge come up in one of my properties, and I was thinking about um, seeing if I could go ahead and treat it as it's... Um, Here's... Here's my advice no, to you. We had, we had, we had I would not use it. Please don't. Days, yeah, but. please don't. Okay. Elsa what I would do. Out. Yeah. Here, here's what I would do is I'd make note of that property and come next spring, I want you to hammer the shit out of that lawn with sulfentrazone at least two times in the early spring. Early spring. Before it gets. Yeah, before it gets hot, and then plan on having either halosulfuron 
or else Celero on hand, plus some Quicksilver to burn down whatever breaks through the Solfentra zone in the summer. And Lushy, you can speak to yes, the sir. efficacy of, pu of putting down Solfentra zone in the spring at rather high rates for Nutsedge. Yes. <laughs> we did uh, six ounces to the acre. Uh, and that was out yes. of the permagreen. Rock and roll, coochie coo, baby. Oh, uh, a little hot. <laughs> oh, you. Oh, Spicy, but then, but, but then too bad. <laughs> oh, oh don't forget, we also ran uh, four ounces of mesotrione to the acre and, uh, uh, and also had uh, triclopyr at 16 ounces to the acre in that mix. That's fine. At a that's corporate, fine. That's... corporate thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but right, it, me, we had a pretty good control. I'm writing, I'm writing this, I'm writing this down because I actually have to you can replay it. Yeah. And, yeah. You can always hit replay. Trust me. I hit, I hit replay multiple times. All right. But, uh, but that, next, but that, so, so next, but go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Shoot. All right. So next question. Cat ionic exchange capacity is low, but pH is a six point and the zinc is high. It's at 27.4 pounds per acre. Um, mm -hmm. How do I increase that cationic exchange capacity without raising the pH too much? Don't. Leave it alone. Yeah, leave it alone. Go, leave it alone. Oh, yeah, just, go ahead. Yep. yep. Yeah, leave you don't it need alone everything to go up and down. You have to, there's some of those you just need to deal with. And, uh, you know, in, uh, in certain cases that, ha you know, that is, you know, pH. so for instance, like, Lushy has to adjust pH. Uh, Derek, love my lawn, who's in uh, Dallas, Texas, could try to mess with has pH to. all day long and never, ever, ever, ever win, right? Easy and to go up, up to, than it is to go down. Up to a, up to a point, because uh, love my lawn uh, theoretically could, but then that would mean going full ham with the acids and the ci and the citric acid. Well, I'm saying you'd you'd only manage it. You'd never win. Like you don't. You'd be right. You'd never on a diet right of always. Yeah, doing you'd that, be on right? a on no a maintenance choice. program. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you'd be on so, a okay. In this program. case, the CEC just informs how, in general terms, right, we need to approach that soil. So, Ray Lushy, mm -hmm. if you knew mm -hmm. that you had ideal pH. And you also had low CEC. How would that inform your scheduling of applications and rates relative to each of those applications? Lushy, you go first. Low and frequent. I'd be doing low I applications and frequent applications. I'd be doing the same thing where I would not try to soil load any particular element i would just be feeding the grass uh, as needed and not with the objective of building up levels because attempting to build up levels in that case would just mean that you now have a reservoir of material that will leach away run away or flush away next time it rains or snows so i wouldn't bother i just would be on the premise of only applying what the grass actually needs at that time when it needs it and not much more. I mean, that's okay. just, uh, you know, how I Noted. do it. I mean, um, yeah, it's like oh. one of the few things that I saw in the soil sample that 
This is uh, Lushy knows about it, and I sent some, put some pictures on the Discord. Uh, that's a soil sample of the uh, root rot lake yard. Mm-hmm. Um, root rot uh, lake yard sounds like a fucking horror movie. <laughs> In the turf world, it is. If you saw the, if you saw the pictures, um, it was a horror movie. It's, it's looking Somebody great die now. here? Um, nope, just some grass. Gosh, man. So uh, the only other thing but, I'd uh, say to uh, Jay Bart is this: is um, uh, on that low CEC soil situation there too. Another thing is uh you know potassium right is a uh very easily leached um cation as it is and if you have low can exchange capacity the the point here is that you would never get ahead on soil right if you were low on potassium so it might be a situation right where if you um if you absolutely need potassium like if you're so low and you're in a, a, a in a low cec soil you may may have to use a uh, a liquid product, right? Like a potassium acetate or something like that, um, in order to get plant available potassium. So think about that. What would you say no is a, a low a low level? I'm looking at I'm looking at uh, 342 pounds per acre of available. Oh, acre. you're fine then. You should be fine. That, that's not low. That's not that's not low at all. And uh, all Plus you basically 75 do... parts per million. Thirty-three be on the lower side is where I'm. I'm usually my average is around thirty-three. Okay, Why, that's twenty-zero twenty. That's 20. 20. That's what happens when you're growing grass on rocks? Yeah, yeah. Oh, the marsh. Sounds, <laughs> sounds about right. So, and, uh, <laughs> um, other than that, everything's looking good on this book. This this guy's a huge client of mine, and he he. I was uh, talking to Lushy today about some of my how I do my pricing and all that stuff, and. He's like on the top tier of my pricing plan, and uh, um, so he's he's getting the works. And I just wanted to know if there's anything I can do to just kind of step this on up uh, above the rest. And uh, but it seems like just stick with the program that I'm doing and, and keep keep the contractors off of it. Spend more money. That's how <laughs> he pays. He pays for it, man. Well, <laughs> He's got, he's got it. And he wants to pay for it, so um, I I don't buy it. He does, so that's the way I look at it. That's right. It's only money, and it's not mine. <laughs> and, uh, Ryan also, Ryan will also say nothing. Nothing good happens quickly in agronomy. Yeah, that's the only right. thing that happens yeah. quickly in agriculture no, is crop failure. Just in yes, you know, only bad things happen fast. I mean. That's something, Ryan, that I end up telling people at least weekly. At least once a week, I mention that to people. Only thing that happens fast in growing grass are bad things. I don't know. I think, uh, you know, anytime that somebody says they want to level up, the other thing I would say here, right, is, uh, well, a couple of things on this part. This is. And this is what you get into is you get past the uh, commercialized, commoditized lawn care stuff where you're just hurting people in and out and you're the Walmart of lawn care. And I'm not saying that about you or anybody else here. I'm just saying, like, there's a certain point you ascend past in which you have to 
understand what their pain points are because here's the thing that happens often is that people think they know what's wrong and think they know that what they what they want you to do or need you to do and i would say that 9.5 times out of 10 they either don't know what they want or can't articulate what they want or they what they think that they need done is the complete wrong thing to do right or it's only a part of the solution so you have to get yeah. to the heart of that and figure out what their problems are this guy went out and spent yeah. thirty thousand dollars on sod in July and installed it in the Carolinas, and uh, ballsy against my recommendation. And now I'm fixing uh, the other guy's mess up. So yep, uh, yep. I mean, welcome, my, welcome to my the club. Or uh, like what I'm trying, what I'm trying to sell is that that there's a process behind everything, and that you don't just instantly have uh, the luscious yard uh, on the block just by looking at it, especially when you're trying to do it in July. And granted, he's had a uh, had his uh, first cut, and he's getting a second one tomorrow or uh, Saturday, I guess, hopefully. And uh, very little weed in- infiltration. Um, if you guys also have a minute, and then I'll hang up because I don't want to. Oh, too long. How do you guys deal with um, and, and Ryan, you you might deal with this um, more than others. Bringing in fill that is just absolutely uh, infested with weeds, and because uh, I I know hey, um, that's uh, that's my world too. That's my world too, and like the way and I'm not the, the one. I, it in. I don't, how of do course I not. That? Very simple is. You need to just have the bulletproof pre- and post-emergent weed program in place because I'm guessing that the turf grass was or is going to be installed on this fill material without a fallow period. Am I right? Yes, that's the way it's been. Okay, so then... You just need to be prepared to get rather medieval with it. I mean, uh, we can talk more about what you may need to do as far as tank mixes to maintain control of weeds on bad fill dirt because, by the way, that is the story of my life. $5 per square foot sod placed on top of shit fill dirt. Oh my gosh! I mean, it's preaching to the choir that, over here, man. Yeah, so it's like I, I get it, or else uh, fifty thousand dollars worth of landscaping installed on top of ugly soil that uh, sprouts up a combination of uh, purple nut sedge and brush. That's my world. So, <laughs> so I well, think I know what you're talking about. Right, I will. Uh, I'll be. PM and you on the Discord, and we can discuss a little bit more for sure. Okay, well, so no problem. Here, here's my question: Is uh, you know why, why, and how do you get put in these situations? Explain that to me. Um, what a doc worker has to is, do. I have I have two I have uh, two installers who I contract for who uh don't listen to my advice and recommendations but they're willing to pay uh premiums uh beyond premiums 
for my services. So uh, what ends up happening is I say, yeah, I'll, I'll take it on. And then, um, and then I end up having to be the one to explain stuff to people in a uh, radio way where it's like, that's just <laughs> oh, no. not going to work. <laughs> oh no. And, uh, well, you know what? And, you know uh, what, John? I had to explain to a guy that his, his turf type tall fescue isn't going to grow in his pine tree orchard or his tree farm that he had in his front yard. Um, and these are uh, multi-million dollar, you know, uh, not accounts, but customers. So, so they're very ritzy customers who want what they want and they don't like some uh, redneck who's, you know, biggest words I know are Chevrolet and mayonnaise and they don't want me telling them uh, that, they're 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 stupid for wanting these things. You know what? Or it's unreasonable. It's, it's unreasonable for them to want these things it's, because it's just not the it's right better, cultivar in the right place, and it's just not going to work. You can't tell them that. No, it's no, better I you get that out of the time, way. But uh, they don't listen. You just got to. You just got to be truthful. It, you got to be truthful, and I'm going to tell you one more well, piece of business advice: is that for people like that. When they stop listening, you know what? That is when I turn on my heels and I'm gone. Because I've also seen many instances where the contractors and service providers play the games with those kind of clients. And when whatever they're doing stops working they are now bent over a barrel and in an extremely bad situation uh, all the way down to the case ending up in court. So what I would do is... I was telling Les today, this this, uh, guy who I'm contracting for is um, like him. He has a lot of good accounts that, that I really enjoy, but... It's kind of like a you have to take them all if you're going to work with them. And, you know uh, what? I I got to tell you so. in my experience, uh, I've had to separate myself from people like that who play those kind of games with people because I've seen firsthand what happens when you get sucked into people's bullshit. In the end, yeah. you're not happy. You don't make money, and on top of that, you have to defend the indef- indefensible. I mean, I would probably, I, you know, I would say at that point, no. It's like I don't care. Yeah, in fact, I I remember telling one person, I give zero fucks who you are or how much money you have. Answer is still no. Okay. Yeah, so there's gonna. There's, I, I had. I had that conversation with, with one of these guys not too long ago. Um, and, and Well, you need to have it a lot more often for, I for agree. the sake I think of your I, business. I, I, only have a, I only have a few of these accounts. You know, of, of 15 accounts, I only have a few that, that are like this, like two or three that are like this. So, um, But those two or three can definitely make your, your life hell. Yeah. Sure. Well, then you gotta, it, it, then you got to fire them. you got to get rid of them. So here's... Here's what you got to do. You got to, you, you uh, 
well, let me ask this is, okay, so there's, there's, I keep saying there's a couple or two or three there because I'm thinking multiple things here. So, uh, first, when these people say no, they say, Jay Bart, I heard what you said, but no, I'm not going to, I don't care. I'm going to put the fucking sod down in June because I need to, right? Role play me. I'm uh, ready. Here we go. Hey, I'm going to, I want to, uh, you know, it's, it's May. I got to get this sod down, dude. I want to get it down like five, six weeks from now. I'm ready to go. You know, what do you think? I don't think that's a good idea at all. Please don't do that. Mm, okay. That's it. I'm going to stop you right. I'm going to stop you right there because here's what I, Here's how here's how I would put it to I, this I person. To okay, here's how I would Listen, put it to I, this I gotta, person. I gotta go. I gotta go find my penis pump because I'm limp right now. Go on. Okay, because here here's how I would put it to these people. Okay, I tell the the, the person Demand installing this. Really bad. I can't hear what he's saying. Okay, the here's how I would talk to the person that's going to do this. I'd say, okay, you know what, pal, go ahead and do it. However. You own whatever the hell happens here, and you don't go looking for me or anybody else to bail your ass out. Your choice, your decision, you own this. Have a nice life. Oh, well. I mean, I said, I mean, my my response. I mean, my response was, it's not going. It's not going to grow. I'll do what I can to make it survive, but it's not you know going I, to last. It's not going to no, last. I never July. And he said, no, I never tell said, people okay. even that. I never, I never ever tell people even that because that gives them false hope when you know quite well that nine out of ten it's going to end badly. I mean, because there's there's people out there that think that, you know, in essence, what they are are there are people that go through life gambling. Okay, they gamble and gamble and gamble and you know i deal with a lot of people that think that they're going to gamble and you know what i tell them with when, when they start going there i tell them you know what i'm not a gambler i do not speculate i deal with sure things and sure things only and the moment somebody wants to gamble i'm out you uh roll the dice uh on your own and you own whatever happens and you don't suck me into it thank you okay yeah. i mean that's just i'm a little more I, gentle i'm a little different <laughs> I, I i i'll go at a different angle hey here's what i would ask this person all right okay you want to do that now can you tell me what this looks like if it goes absolutely perfect what does this look like in terms of your lawn ask them to describe that to you okay then when they tell okay. you, oh, I, I, you know, I expect that, you know, uh, it's going to be rooted in and solid in a month. I think it's going to look pretty and green. And, you know, yeah, there might be some, you know, it might be a little tough, but you're a smart guy. You'll figure it out, Jay Bart, you know. And then you walk it back and say, OK, you know, I want the same thing. And here's what I see. I have to look at what are all the potential things that could go wrong and how would we fix them? Right. And here's what I can tell you is that given the circumstances the things that could potentially go wrong, all the money in the world is not going to fix them, right? We'll be right back where we started from if some or all of these things go wrong. I don't want to put us in that case. So what can we do, right, 
to manage through this period, right, until it's time to do this at the right time, right, and mitigate a lot of those issues because of weather or other things that are still controllable based on schedule, right, and try to figure out what the best way is forward here. Because we both want the same thing. You just want it at a different time that may not be the most opportune thing. Then you put this guy to a choice. You don't make the choice of, oh, fuck, do I got to do this just so I can take it and, you know, earn the money or whatever, right? And that's sort of the situation it sounds like you're in. At that point, right, you're going to have, if you draw your line in the sand, just like what Ray is saying, but you put the choice on them, right? You say, hey, I've explained that we both want the same thing and I've explained what could go wrong. I'm giving you my professional opinion, so I want to know what is it you want to see done here, right? And you put that person to the choice, right? And what's going to happen is one of three things. One, they're going to, you know, they're going to say, hey, you got to do it and I don't give a shit. And you're going to tell that person, no, you were going to fire that customer and never work for them again. And that's that, right? Because they're going to put you in a bad spot. Or you're going to draw your line in the sand and they're going to say, okay, like, I, you know, thanks for letting me know and I'll figure something else out. I'll, figure, I'll find somebody else to do it, whatever. That person might come back to you. They might realize the error of their ways down the road and maybe you make up and maybe you, you know, do business with them again, right? The last person is going to be the person that says, you know what, Jay Bart, you're right. I trust you. You never got, you know, you never uh, led me in the wrong direction. I'm going to listen to you, right? And I'll suffer through the next six weeks of having to look at, you know, whatever my lawn looks like, right? <laughs> yeah. And even then, you've got to sell the outcome. Hey, listen, we can take these next six weeks, right? And we can, you know, modify the soil. We can do, you know, uh, pre-plant to get, start, get ourselves ready, blah, 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 blah. There are things you can do. So don't talk about what you can't get done in that period. Talk about what you can do for them, right? And I think you set that vision, that expectation, and if they want to buy in, it's their choice, not yours, of having to take a shitty job and run with it and potentially fail and hold all the risk. That's bullshit. It's not a good place to put yourself in. The last thing I'll leave you with is this, is find a way to cut these assholes that are giving you shit jobs and know that they're giving you shit jobs, even if they're giving you good jobs and throwing you a bone and everything like that. I don't know what your relationship was with them. They might be the greatest people in the world. I'm not talking bad about them. I'm just saying... Uh, no, you can talk you know, about them if you want. So I'm just saying you need to figure out what you want to do because it sounds like you're trying to do maybe two different things. You've got this whole install side, which I think could be very lucrative, especially in a market where which you can I, do cool and warm yeah, I don't season. Do the install. I don't do the installs today. You should, though. You should because if you're good I at it and people are hiring you and paying you a premium price, that means you're fucking good at it and you need to own more of that process. And if you want to talk about setting up a business, right, I think you could go and be, this is just me. I know you got other shit going on besides this. I, I know there's other things, other factors, everything like that. I'm just saying and talking up my ass right now. But in a market that has cool and warm season like you do, you could legitimately busy be busy 10 months out of the year easily just doing install, right, between cool and warm season. No doubt about it. Right. And if you do good work, people will hire you to do it. Actually, and I got to kind of add something to that wait until the time is right that you just uh, mentioned, Ryan. You know, while you're waiting for that time to be right to actually install the sod, mm -hmm. I call that the perfect time to fallow and do my, you know, pre-install vegetation control. You know, that's, my, that's like my time where... You're not going to have grass now, and this is where I set up expectations. I tell people, you're going to see a lot of dead weeds. You're going to see a lot of dirt. However. Oh, he saw that. <laughs> at, no. But however, at the end of the, end of the day, though, 
What you're not going to have is you're not going to have an install that looks like a shed fire. Because, true story, I put somebody through a rather extended fallow period, but what the guy got in the end was almost a golf green. And I don't think I could have provided that for him without that extended fallow period because the dude had brush coming out of his backyard, okay? So without that fallow period, I don't think I would have been able to, you know, give him that product because he asked me over and over again, he said, if if we put the grass down, is it going to turn into a weed jungle? And I told him, not if you do it according to my timetable or my time frame. You you won't have that mist that you typically see in other people's yards when they just plant turf because I'm going to take my time and be standing there with the, you know, the kill to make sure that when we finally install grass, there is very little that's left to come out of that soil. I mean, because you just mentioned, you know, less than you know, stellar fill material that's used as your, you know, what you plant on top of. And that already is my flag to put that area under an extended fallow. Okay. That is already my flag yeah. to do that. Yeah. So, and, and like, you know, the, and like the May was saying, there's, there's, because I'm not doing the installs and the maintenance, my hands are tied in some, in some aspects of this whole process. You know, it's, and you know uh, what? It, you know what I'm going to tell you? Where, measure, uh, you have to measure expectations. You have to measure the expectations because ultimately and, and you're going to be responsible. Yeah, you're right. going to be your you have what, to, what You have I, to lay it out. What I do with the customers is, is, is I give them uh, real expectations of, of actual, what I, yep. actual like program, like what it looks like, how it's going to work you know, down down to irrigation and stuff like that. You know, just everything, you know, you know, this time of year we need to be running irrigation more this time of year or more often right. this time of year right. we don't, you know, just right. dial it all in. But but when when I'll... you do that and then and then you're not in you're not in control of uh the ones who cut the grass and the ones who in, install it, the ones who uh, you know what? You know, Here, here's, here's what I'm going to tell you. Here's what I'm going to tell you. And, you know, this is a parting thought is people in my town know not to call me or talk to me if they installed a rushed and fucked up job. They know not to call me. And you know why they know not to call me? Because I'm going to tell them. I can come up with a couple of reasons why, but go on. (laughs) No, no, it's because the first thing I'm going to tell them is, you know what? You you lit this shed fire, now you put it out. Do it right. Mm. Okay? That'll do it. That'll do it. All right, we got to get going here. We got to get going. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. Um, I appreciate y'all. Y'all be good. Have a long time. Time's up. It's over. All right. Michael Brantley, if you're still there, call us. If you're still there. 
Come on. Good I don't know what happened, to the, uh, what happened to the other guy. The uh, guy who was calling in. I think he really wanted to talk to us. He asked if I knew Ron Henry. I don't know. I'd like Maybe to know it was Ron Henry drunk in his shed, just, at, just <laughs> drunk dialing. <laughs> I'd, I'd have a beer with him. You know? Why not? I'll have a beer with anyone. I, I would pull the Tiffany on him. Three or four. I would pull the Tiffany on him. Oh, uh, here we go. Hey, oh, hey now, that's dirty talk. The number. <laughs> Dude, this is. Go ahead, cowboy. <laughs> Caller, you're live. Caller, this is Michael. This is Tanner. Uh, hey. Wait, I can only one one of you sounds like you're in the back of the room. The other one sounds like you're somewhere else, like on the phone. I know it's Is weird. It better now. Both of you talk. Hello, hello. I got hello. you, Mike. You talk, now, Michael. I this is Michael. Michael's talking. Michael's Michael, talking. Michael's Michael not have a microphone away. next to his mouth. <laughs> I don't. It's my. I'm next to Tanner's ear. Oh, okay. it's probably not gonna. It's probably not gonna work. Um, if you it's fine. Up, you if you, if you a a little little you. You. Call, no, it's okay. This is fine. You only wasted a minute of your call troubleshooting. No, it's okay. This is gonna be a longer one too, probably. It, is this? Is this better? I'm on now. Much better. Yes. Much better. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Hold it. I hold it like a pizza. Your boggle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> remember. Remember. Bring you know. Bring the phone. Don't bring the phone to you. You go. Bring the phone up. Uh, hold it like a pizza, and now talk to it's it. It's like you're, you know, you're like you're at the donut shop eating a cream stick. You know. <laughs> Thanks you for go, the visual, Lushy. That's what we're doing. Bring, don't it. bring the cream stick to you. It's just the it's the rules. I didn't make them. We got to follow them. Though. All right, go on. All right, fair. Um, anyway, yeah. So, question is, we are thinking about making the switch to an all liquid program, or possibly a hybrid program. Okay. Hybrid in what? What 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 hybrid what would you be doing hybrid? Meaning meaning granular versus liquid to so like both at the same same time essentially. So granular for our big ones. Um we're, two we're, thirds at the same the, time. Square foot. Maybe. Anything under twenty, you're pulling a hose, or you know, we've got two right on spreader sprayers too. So um I'm just trying to get y'all's thoughts on on if it's if it makes sense to go all liquid or not. It depends. So, uh, there's, yeah, two schools of thought. I'm all. I'm hybrid. I'll give you that right off the get go. I'm hybrid. I'm granular first, and then anything after that, herbicide wise, uh, insecticide wise, uh, fungicide wise, is all uh, spray. Mm -hmm. Okay, and well, I'm going to kind. I'm going to kind Sorry, of go uh, agree with. I'm going to agree agree with that one. And my next question to you is. Is there anything in a granule that you can't get or can't do fertilizer or nutrient wise that you can do with the liquid? Because uh, if you can apply it as a granule, that can be the most efficient way to get it done. If you know everything else lines up and a granule application works. So if that's true for you, then I don't see anything magical or special about doing liquids 
unless you're dealing with special situations where granules become less practical. Okay, I guess, I mean, I guess one of the do... main good reason of thought is maybe to customize it, our program a oh. little bit. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And also you... to, how, how do you want to well. customize it? Oh, I heard so, that part. So essentially, we're going to start taking, I mean, everybody has had soil tests in the past. Um, but we kind of got away from that this year. Every one of our clients has. Um, next year, that is going to be a mandatory part of our program. You will get a soil test and analysis. Um, and if you don't want one, then we're, we're not treating you. Sorry. Like, it's, it's just part of it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I, we, I don't – I want to get away from the your six-step run-of-the-mill true green drawn-out program. I want to start moving this stuff to more high-end – you know, people are going to pay for it. Like we're, you're, you're going to, you're going to pay for it, but I, I want it to be, we want it to be high end. We're, we're, we're trying to kind of, kind of reinvent our whole business platform here. Does that make okay. sense? Okay. Uh, so, and okay. I have, I have one we more do question that on a two minute timer. Okay. One more question for you. Uh, are you charging enough to do this? Because if you were to go to a more customized program period, this is not the same as mindlessly slinging, you know, a given analysis out out there just because it's the time of the year to do it. I mean, it's a little bit different. There's a lot more thinking and logistics that are involved, and that ain't free, okay? So a lot of people... They're in for some sticker shock when it comes to doing a more custom type program. I mean, that's that's what I run into all the time too. Is people had no idea, for example, it costs that much to keep a lawn, you know, treated and fertilized. I say, yes, it does. If uh, I'm not just slinging out whatever's uh, you know sold at site one, I mean, that's what it's going to cost. And I think that's where you got to, uh, like, help us understand a little bit better of mm -hmm. who you're going after. Because, like, is it, you know, uh, a wealthy subdivision where that, you know, the average home value is, you know, say, you know, 500000 to, you know, a million or something like million. that? Or is it yeah. larger, larger properties that are more, like, state-like and you're able to spend more time on them and focus on fewer properties quality. but more acreage all that yes, kind of stuff quality I mean, properties yes we have a few high end like us consulting on like a few high, re high end residentials that are well into the five figures per acre to take care of and i'm just i'm just talking treatments cultural practices that kind of thing that's it not mowing five figures on just that stuff so it depends on what you want to do and where you want to take it and where the market is, right? With, you know, with your area and without having to, you know, drive an hour out of your way just to get to all these properties, everything like that. What will the local market support and where is the niche? Where's the hole in the market for you guys? Start there. That the high end is the hole in the market. There is no high end lawn care around here. We've okay, got... so that's good. Okay. That's good. 
That's good. Your big That's good. I mean, we've through green and we've got other companies who are pushing thousands and thousands of clients who mimic the true green model. Okay. Okay. Perfect. You see, perfect. Because in that instance, my little bit of advice becomes it doesn't necessarily work out for you to treat a million dollar or in my case in some instances a five million dollar property like a you know average two hundred thousand dollar house you know out in the midwest i mean that just doesn't quite fly so when you start to go there though yes i mean it does make sense to have a more customized program yes it makes sense to be a little bit more quality oriented rather than production oriented and my next question to you is when you say unroll a hose what are you planning on applying as a liquid and how are you applying it because i have an entirely different thought about making liquid applications through a skid sprayer okay so we have we would have three different options we'd have a skid sprayer like in the bed of mm -hmm. our trucks uh, mm -hmm. i have a an x mark lean to steer spreader sprayer that i upgraded the pump in that i can get about a gallon per thousand square feet out of mm -hmm. um and running a toro version of a z spray at a third of a gallon okay. i can same thing i can get that up to about three quarter of a gallon yeah three thousand okay okay well that the reason why i ask is because in case you don't know everything that i apply goes through some kind of a boom even if it's from a skid sprayer and you know application rate on that is anywhere from a gallon all the way up to five gallons per thousand however my norm as far as application speed even with that is about a thousand square foot a minute mm -hmm. okay it's not slow <laughs> by no means how many slow. how many previous soil tests do you have how easy is it for you to reference for you to create a database of what might be a general fertilizer that you might need. And the reason I ask is that's how I came up with my 2020 it was after about two or 300 tests. I said, okay, here's my baseline. Everyone's going to need a 2020 unless I need to go to a one, one, one because there, there, there are a few customers that are low on uh, some phosphorus. Very mm -hmm. rare in our area that we need that. So, you know, I know that I have a low CEC. I know I have a, a subpar potassium level, so I need to put that potassium into it. I created a real slow release uh, nitrogen and had that custom blended, and that's my base. Now, there are a few customers, like I said, that ha get the 111, get a triple 19, and they're getting that up because I know that phosphorus will stick around. You know, you, right. How so, many do you have? So, we, three, 
I want to say three, three or four years ago, we soil tested every one of our clients. So I still have all those results okay. from then, but we haven't any sense. So, you, but you have at least some sort of baseline to start something to start looking. I would assume you're coming up on your off season, correct? Correct. Soon. We see the end. <laughs> Me too. Tomorrow. <laughs> um, like we've got, we've got a few weeks left, but soon. Uh, so. But you have that data. You have that data to start building a baseline. Now it might change. You might see some sort of change in a customer. Um, you might see it. You know, just based on whoever did the test might have taken the, a different depth, taken it a different area. So you might see some sort of variation in a yard. Um, but you have at least a baseline of data that you can start to figure out your program before you start this whole endeavor come the spring and you say, oh, shoot, we got to do all this. Mm-hmm. You know, it might and give so you some guidance. Yeah, and let's be very realistic here. I know for a fact that not every one of our clients is going to go for this. Like some people are just going to want the run of the mill, sling your granular fur, make my yard green, make sure my weeds are down, and you know, fuck off. Um, uh, is and pH an issue? Is pH an issue for you guys? Uh, not so much. Um, we've got some low ones, we've got some high ones, but I mean, for the most part, we're bouncing like upper six, low sevens. Right. And yeah, you're good. High uh, for us is probably from what I've seen is like around a seven five. Yeah. Lows around five. Nothing super crazy. Do you guys want to push your whole business model in this way or do you want to to create a uh like look, this is what we would like to do. We think you're gonna get the best results. You want a premium lawn. We can provide it, and this is the program. If you don't, here's your plug and play. You get, you know, uh, maybe an improved format over what the, you know, I don't want to say true green, but like you know the 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 true greens of the world. You know, just the the less the site one formula of just spread it out there and let it go. You can have an improved version of that, and then you can have the upper echelon. Ah, okay. You know, a wise person by the name of Matt Martin kind of corroborated some something that I believe and is held true is that you can break your customers or your clientele into three categories, right? Category one is they want the best and they're willing to do what you say to get the best category two kind of sort of cares and then of course category three is they just want the grass green and they don't want to see weeds and they don't care and they're also not willing to pay but in a business operation trying to deal with all three of those types of people in a business model does not work you Focus on one. One and two. Yeah. Yeah. Pick one. Pick two, maybe. And, but otherwise, danger comes when you try to mix the lowest tier with a higher end business. I mean, that's, I've seen that 
bomb on people horribly. It just doesn't work. So, you know, that's just my little caution or caveat in that uh, I would utilize this whole premise of drawing a soil test as a separation or a segregation of who's all in, who wants to do this, and who just doesn't care. And in that case, my attitude towards that is, okay, you don't care, then I guess I shouldn't care, and this is where we part ways. Have a nice day. All right, so let, let, let's dive <laughs> yep. in on the, on the original question here for like five, ten minutes, and then we're going to schedule these guys to come back on. Michael was on last year. I don't know if Canada was there as well, but uh, you my guys were on back in December of last year. I remember I was on the road for that. I had to return a laptop to Walmart that night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway. you sure did. That was, that was a seedy hotel room. I remember that. That was a It was a true by Hilton. It was fine. They have a uh yeah. what do they Your have? wallpaper uh, looked like my curtains. It was bad. All <laughs> right, so um on the liquid versus uh granular question, right? We spent a few minutes uh, talking about that. We'll schedule you in. We got some open slots in January, I think, sometime. So Jay Pink will reach out, or you reach out to Jay Pink, or something like that. Anyway, I think the custom stuff and tailoring and everything like that—it's all about how far you want to take that. That's that's a whole separate question to the question of granular versus liquid, right? And what are you getting out of each one, right? So let's just talk real quickly about pros, cons, and what that means, right? So. On the the liquid side, right? You know, and, and Michael and I had a quick, a quick conversation earlier today about this on the telephone. And you know, one of the things he said was, "Well, hey, you know, no longer have to blow off driveways. That's awesome. Yeah, but you know, we've got some handling and everything like that to premix, right? So I mean, uh, I'm going to send this over while you guys were chatting earlier. I looked this up, uh, and I'll get it over to J Pink. But anyway, you know producing whatever you're going to put in are you going to buy you know uh stuff that's already in liquid form and just dump it into a tank are you going to you know buy you know materials that you can melt down into a tank like urea spray grade ams you know what are you going to use in those cases right and then from there you know what can you add back into that and what is your you know what is your overall cost right so i think there are you know direct costs right of the material and the time, you know, the production time to actually go out there and make these applications. And you can look at that apples to apples and say, okay, yeah, you know, it cost us this to do, you know, liquid. It cost us this to do granular. And that's the quantitative side, right? But there's also a hidden cost. There's an indirect cost, right, of, okay, now let's think about how much we need to handle each of these materials, right, to get them ready to be put out. And then let's look at the back end of the application, after the spreader's done or the spraying's done or whatever we're doing, right? What else do we have to do before we leave that stop and head to the next one? Okay. So I think that's got to be part of the, you know, the analysis here is thinking about all those things. And these are things that, you know, I think you could go to five different lawn care companies and they'd probably come up with some different numbers related to all this. And that's why I think it's a worthy exercise to go through your, on your own because it might show some, you know, not necessarily holes, right? But areas for improvement, right? Like, well, shit, have we, have we ever really thought about that one piece, right? Um, so, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll ask you to do this. Is, uh, if, it, if it helps, if you're visual people, just look up process mapping, 
It's a really, really cool concept. There's, a, you know, it's it's used all the time in business and manufacturing and a whole bunch of other fields. Look up. There's YouTube videos on it. Watch that, and it'll kind of help you visualize, you know, the way you go through all these processes and steps and everything like that. So, all that being said, uh, that's that side. But now let's talk about the qualitative side, right? The side of what's easier, what's best, all that kind of stuff. Well, we know qualitatively, right, that we're going to, you know, have the greatest degree of customization and the greatest degree of specificity and probably, probably efficacy with liquid applications. And the reason that for that is that we can dial in exactly what we want. We have a much uh, greater uh, degree in which to control our rates, right, of, you know, either individual, you know, nutrients and or, um, you know, on a more macro level of each, you know, as a grouping, right? So we can play around with those uh, and we can also get better coverage, more uniform coverage, things like that, that we couldn't necessarily get with a 200 plus SGN Prill, right, from a site one or something like that. That all being said, please. And might I also insert something else is if you're making these applications, for example, at the time that you, for example, need to put down pre-emergent, guess what? In the case of a liquid, you then have total control over your pre-emergent rate, and that is independent of how much, say, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium that you're going to put down mm -hmm. to where you can get your pre-emergent extremely specific and dialed in, right? You can get it like super dialed in. You're not married to what the guy at site one sold you. I mean, you know, you're just, uh, yeah, you're 1905 hey, with your, with whatever's coded on. Yeah. Right. You're yeah, putting yeah, out you're, like three, you're, five you're, points, five pounds, whatever. Right. And yeah, it's yeah, usually yeah, some BS PCSU that, hits at a terrible time it makes people look bad mm -hmm. or pisses people off why is my grass growing so much you know you show up and right also, as the mow guy is ready to leave and as you go into the backyard he slashes your tires i mean any number of bad things mm -hmm. can happen right that and so why we started talking about this too is because our first two rounds like we want to get away from the run of the mill we're going to push a pound of nitrogen every round Ooh. all throughout the year and shove right oh god and Okay, I'm you done. know what? In that case, then a liquid can definitely make sense. And then I can also see. Or a hybrid program. To, or a hybrid program where what if you just commit to spraying your pre emergent and your herbicides? And what if you go ahead and you put down your nitrogen, et cetera, strictly from end of august to say end of october that's it that's your nitrogen window you are not that asshole that's bombing the lawn with nitrogen in april okay you're not that guy i mean so the so the more guy is not waiting for you with a shotgun <laughs> just saying. i like that that's my favorite well and so <laughs> that and this is where and you probably run into this if you go on the high end but one of the things I would use a sort of a point of demarcation would be irrigated versus non-irrigated, like we were talking about earlier, Michael, mm. because that becomes a whole different animal in which you're likely going to need, you know, additional nitrogen on an irrigated uh, turf, right? That's growing more, right? It's it's actively taking up more water, right, more readily. Whereas, you know, with an unirrigated site, it's only taking up 
water, i.e. nutrients with that water, when it rains, right? When there's ample soil moisture for it to do so. Uh, so, all that being said, I, I think... And most irrigated more, lawns are over-irrigated. Yeah, there's that yep. too. I, I, there's, there's a lot. I think with the high-end stuff, this is a whole conversation for the episode too. High-end stuff, I think yeah. that's a whole other conversation. There's, there's more to break down there. As far as the liquid versus granular goes, though, I think Ray is right. Like in a cool season situation, you know, I and if I was going to bet on that uh, type of a uh, production model, right, I would be looking at, you know, my general thoughts would be this, is it's a hybrid, right, and we're using something like, uh, you know, maybe three-quarters of a pound at most, uh, you know, early summer, late spring, so sometime in that, like, maybe a week before Memorial Day in your location up through, like, Father's Day, something like that. That's your round, that's your round two or three, depending on what your cycle is with your uh, pre-emergence, right? And I'm going out with something like either a Duration 90 or a methylene urea, right? Using something like that as a source because in that case, right, with the Duration 90, it's all going to be based on moisture. The problem with you guys is say in the, in the St. Louis or greater St. Louis area, right, is that you could get a wet June and screw you all up, right? That's why, again, in, in many cases, I'm more in favor of a methylene urea because we need both temperature and moisture for that to be affected, right, and to release, right? It's a much more forgiving curve, if you will, as we go through and release that. So in between round one, round two, right, when you're spraying you know, your uh, dimension of prodiamine, right, your DNI uh, herbicides, like go ahead and, um, you know, mix in something that's, you know, cheap, readily available. Um, UAN, like I, especially in round one, Ray, I would have no problem putting like UAN, you know, a 3000 in there just to kick it in the butt, get you a little bit of color, Easy peasy. You're yeah, not just get a little nothing. pop. Yeah, that's I mean, fine. Actually, I would have, I'd have no objection to even like say, point one to point two pounds of N from something like Umax, and to get uh, yeah, you know, get you get you through that early you know waking up period, get you to where you can safely put down something in you know late May, early June, but then. The whole point is, is that you can only look at that kind of flexibility and tailoring of the program to what actually is sensible if you're spraying your pre-emergent. I mean, mm -hmm. because for me, that's exactly what we do. That is, yeah, that's that's like my my great flexibility is that I don't necessarily need or want a lot of nitrogen. So the ability to say, okay, I'm going to put down, you know, prodiamine and sulfonylureas for weed control and not have a, a buttload of nitrogen with it, that is like the, the beauty of liquids, right? That's, a, that, that's, a, that's what makes liquids wonderful. And then to also have control over my actual rates of pre-emergent because... I'm fond of using low split rates of pre-emergent rather than the one big massive dose because I think, no, I've seen better results doing it as a split 
doing it as a low rate, I get better weed control and I get less root pruning on the turf by splitting low rates. So, okay, so a couple more things here. I, I'm fine with you, Max. You flex. You can do that if you want. I don't think it's going to hurt anything. Early on in the season, though, especially there, um, I think you save that little tiny bit of money and just go with something cheap and easy. So that is one thing. In the middle of summer, that's where I think, um, you know, going with something that is, uh, you know, I, I would be fine with urea, you know, quarter pound, something like that, and bumping yourself along every four to six weeks, I think, especially if you're going to be high-end. This is where the script sort of flips, you know, usually in the summertime, we're just, you know, picking up, you know, picking up any weeds that might be out there, you know, checking for crabgrass that might have broke through this, that, the other thing. Well, in your area, and if you're on high end, like you're now in upsell territory of fungicides, insecticides, mm -hmm. you know, not just, you know, you're a cell print app, right. To take care of certain, you know, some of the surface feeders, grubs and that sort of thing. But there are other things, right, that we're looking for and trying to tell that story and that narrative of how we're going to take care of it all the way through, right, and get to that outcome and not necessarily just checking off tasks, right, that we hope will work. So uh, the last part of this is um, I want, you know, a little bit of homework, right? So figuring out the back end of the season, I think that's a perfect time, end of August all the way through, you know, end of October for you guys of using, you know, all mineral sources, right? So you know, if we have lawns that are low in potassium for, or excuse me, phosphorus, for example, using MAP, right, as one of those apps in the fall, uh, 11520, uh, using that and then offsetting that with like urea, ammonium sulfate, something like that, right, as your other app. But figuring out how to try and get better than 50% of your nitrogen down in the 60 or so day period, 60 to 75 days, and you could probably push in November a little bit and be fine down there. That all being said, okay. uh, the other things too to look at with your liquid apps that may help, right? I know you talked to me on the phone today, Michael, about uh, urease inhibitors. Read up on those. Try to really understand how those work, and I want to have a substantive conversation when you come on the show about those and how to use those to your advantage where they, they're they said to help but really don't, but there's also things I think that they, they do well that would be uh, of value to you guys, right, especially in certain situations. It's understanding those situations. The other one that, um, you know, is has really not broken through all the way yet in the turf market you probably have heard about it uh or some of you on the show may have heard about it um uh, site one has a product now called nos it's a 30 zero zero mm -hmm. now all that is is it's nitrogen with dysan what is it dysan di uh diamide right uh ray dysan yeah. dcd so dcd Absolutely. is essentially it's ray essentially explain what's for the crowd how it works DCD is, is DCD is essentially what they call a nitrification inhibitor. And by the way, DCD is part of what is in the UMAX and UFLEX line of products. But so for me personally, I prefer to go straight to the Koch Brothers umax product because they have it figured out there's no need to reinvent the wheel and because the shit costs me about 60 something dollars a bag anyway whatever it's it's only money <laughs> it's only money oh. and the thing is the thing is is that the umax type of product what it basically does is 
it doesn't give you necessarily tremendous longevity, but that's the difference between a urea application falling down after three weeks versus a urea application holding through week four and five. That's the difference. Correct. Correct. Yeah, and that's, that's the difference. That, so you can do that, and I think that's where, you know, like we were talking about before, using and understanding DCD. And the, and the other thing too, Ray, is what I was getting at there is if you do want to get really hyper-specific, that's where you can basically roll your own. And that's what I was talking about where, you know, you can use, um, I've seen people use NOS as a base and then add more, right? To mess around with you know uh, release rates and things like that you can start with just urea add your own dcd add your own hydrex right to get that n-butyl and the, the urease inhibitor in there so the n-butyl a bunch and the, of different ways DCD. to do it yeah so the bottom line is this go ahead go ahead go ahead and the other thing about that whole thing is that also know that when you start fooling around with these urease and nitrification inhibitors that also will delay when you get the nitrogen response out of that melted down urea application that you're spraying. So typically what I do for immediate color and, you know, nitrogen response is I add like a 10th of a pound per thousand of what's called 2600. And what 2600 is, is that is ammonium nitrate sulfate. That gives you color in two to three days, tops. But it doesn't last, <laughs> of course. Okay. Okay. So that's just to bridge your gap. That's just okay. to bridge your gap. That's just to bridge your gap because if you apply a urease and nitrification inhibited urea product, you may see it lag by at least a week to 10 days, you're going to see it lag. And when you're talking about making applications, what I know people expect to see is they literally expect to see their grass turn green in seven days or less after you've last been there. They expect that. And they have questions if it, they don't see that. So to you know avoid those questions, I do add a little bit of ammonium and nitrate-based fertilizer to the mix. And because there's so much of the DCD and the N-butylphosphoramide in the UMAX, I find that that additional nitrification and urease in inhibitor in that uh, product also extends the life of my nitrate and ammonium application as well. So... There you go. And basically getting a badass, long-lasting fertilizer that kind of counteracts what the you know convention says about liquids in that the common refrain about spraying liquid fertilizer is they say, don't do that because it does not last. And I beg to differ with that because... I get four weeks or more of nitrogen response out of every single liquid application, but that's by mm -hmm. formulating correctly. <laughs> um, and that's about what we, about that four, four week, four or five. 
Okay. Yep. I think it's going to be a great Sweet. show to talk about this. Last thing, uh, J. Pink, can you throw up that link real quick and let? Oh, we'll send this out to you. Uh, you know, something like this. If you do go the liquid route, um, a fantastic little thing. It comes on caster wheels. You've got uh, J. Pink slide through those photos real quick. Yeah. So you've got the flow That's, meter right there, yep. so you can dispense out a perfect amount. You've got the adductor, which is that smaller thing right there. So you dump a bag of fertilizer in there. You close the lid. You to open the valve up, and it automatically is shooting pressurized water down there, melting it down, going through the pump in the bottom, and shooting that into your premix tank, which you will then load from out of your uh, outlet hose. And Bad I've even seen piece some of more. I've seen some more elaborate units where they are. Oh yeah, computer generated injection systems of your formulation into that mixing unit and then it's filling your truck with that properly uh mixed we'll unit there. yeah, yeah that is actually that's actually yeah very, well that just do what i do totally, just have some granular fart made yeah that's that's at the level of these uh custom applicators that have to do ten thousand acre cornfields and they have all of their stuff lined up in a mix station like that, and they just start yep. pushing buttons, and it's like, okay, here comes the UAN, here comes the MAP liquid, here comes the atrazine, here comes the Callisto, here comes the Banvel, send. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm familiar we'll, with those we'll, stations, we'll, too. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. All right. Well, sweet gentlemen. Well, I won't take up any. We won't take up any more of your time. Um, we thank you for calling in, gentlemen. This is this is going to be fun. It's going to be get... fun. Yeah, looking. Thank you for holding that phone like a pizza. That was great. Yeah, that really, really, really <laughs> I put it in work. I got tired of holding it, so it's <laughs> in between Tanner's butt cheeks, and I'm just talking into it that way. He likes it. It's a natural Am feeling. It's a natural feeling. That's all. No worries. It's a good partnership right there. <laughs> we appreciate now it. Time, yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. We thanks, have guys. we have time here. Uh, J Pink, we're going to go to the lightning round, and we'll take at least two for calls in the lightning round. Two minutes, two minutes only. You ask your question, we give you an answer, and then we're going to get out of here after the next two calls and jump over to the after show. If you're not familiar with the after show, well, uh, welcome, first of all. Second of all, uh, you can find out more on that and uh, jumping in there if you go to our uh, our Patreon, which is www.patreon.com forward slash bird of return. That's the best way to get in there. Caller is going to go live on the lightning round. Caller, you're live on the lightning round. Go. Go ahead, cowboy. Go. Go. Quick. Now. Oh, oh hello. My name is Bob. Um, Hey, is this the lava? Yeah, you're live, Bob. Let's go, Bob. You got minute forty-four. Oh, hey, oh, oh, oh! This doesn't sound like the I thought I was calling the radio show, but anyway, I'll go ahead and tell you. Uh, so, I was over at my girlfriend's house. I'm dating a cripple, uh, and we got into an argument. So I dumped her out of her wheelchair, threw the wheelchair in the back of my truck, and then whenever I got home, I texted her and said. Well, we'll see who comes crawling back into this relationship. Is it was that over the top or no? I'll hang up and listen. No, not at all. I I think I think you're fine, and uh, I think uh, I think Jesus will hate you later. But uh, moving on to the next call. Just be sure to set the break next time. All right, go on. Yep. Call your live. It's lightning round. Yeah, go live, for it. Bob. Let's go, Bob. You... 
Oh, I didn't want to do lightning round. Oh. No quick draw. Oh. Let's, Justin? Let's hear it, callers. We're looking for one more. One more <laughs> caller. And then... Justin. Uh, yeah. God. I haven't heard from Justin Jared. tonight. I, I, like, I like Justin. Are we going to... Yeah, we should say... <laughs> We're gonna have to have a. a he needs his own like call. I, you know, own sh- that would be an interesting show if Justin came on. It here. really <laughs> would. It really would. Hey, well, look, we got to do, lo- do some couples therapy first with him and Matt. We we got to get a therapist <laughs> yeah. in there to work through those issues. Look, look when you call, you're very <laughs> nervous. I get it. Remember that one time at band camp when you called me it a was... fucking weirdo? It hurt my feelings. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, maybe I'll pull that again. Wait, and, and <laughs> wait a second. What, what what was the exact quote from Matt J. Pink? This guy's a oh. fucking weirdo. <laughs> Please be Justin on the phone. Go ahead, Caller, you're live. Caller. Hey, uh, this is uh, Brent from Professional Turf Services. I was just wondering when uh, Lucky is yes. going to go help me finish the lawns in Western Massachusetts. <laughs> uh, he said tomorrow's his last day, so it sounds like he's free next week. Tomorrow. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm actually going to be working on my... Uh, I'm, hey, I, look, I'm going to be working on my federal holiday to get things oh, yeah. done. To help LJ get done, because I want to be done. That's amazing. Right. You're almost done. You're almost done. Yeah, we're we're almost done. How many you got left? <laughs> oh, you know, we uh we got like sixty left. So, you know, the truck's ready. LJ, uh, Lushy Junior, you more than welcome. Vice president so. of the company, by the way. Vice president of the company and a young single man, and you have a teenage daughter in your house. These are things that you need to know when you're inviting him over. Listen, ladies, <laughs> he's a young, uh, he's Mary, a good looking man. It's he's the vice president of Lush Lawns. All I'm going to tell you is, marry for money, learn to love. Uh, that's Lushy Junior at LushLawns dot com. <laughs> Email him today. Hot a- hot applicators are in your area, ready to apply now. So just remember that. You think we could do an OnlyFans lawn application site? Uh, this is all male. I don't know. Isn't uh, isn't uh, that uh, that Haley lady already doing that? <laughs> I said that whatever. Yikes! <laughs> I don't Probably know. could do it with. Bri- I mean, uh, we could do it with Brian. Do an OnlyFans with uh, Brian. That's uh. Dragging a sure hose. On the, I, I'm pretty sure she's on the all liquid plan, no granular. So. With that, yeah. all right, Brent, Time's we got to go. Over. It's over. It's all time right. to go to the after show. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a great night. A bunch of good calls. Uh, we'll dive into some more next week. Thank you all very much. Have a wonderful evening. Come see us on the after show, www.patreon.com forward slash Turn. Join over there. Join us on the private Discord. Cool events, all kinds of good stuff uh, on our power hours, our live meetups, everything like that. It's a great time. We'd love to have you, and uh, we'll see you all on the next one.